This message was shared from the pulpit at Good News Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. For more information, visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org. As I've heard the different men preach this week, and we've all kind of uh, been around this theme of witnessing for Christ out of Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, I was looking through this passage and seeking God's direction on what he would have, have me to bring. And I was, uh, I'm going to go ahead and read this. We know this verse well, but I'm going to go ahead and read it in Acts 1 and verse 8. And then we'll, we'll eventually get to the passage that uh, I believe God would have, have for us this evening. But just as a reminder, in Acts 1.8 it says, But ye shall receive power. After that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the, unto the uttermost part of the earth. And as I looked at that verse and was seeking God's direction on it, what jumped out to me was Samaria. Was Samaria. And perhaps it's because I feel that I relate my mission field of Washington State relates a little bit to this area of Samaria. Uh, maybe, for whatever reason, it jumped out, to, out at me, I'll put it that way. And as the more, the, the more I studied about Samaria, the more parallels I began to draw uh, about uh, between Samaria of, of biblical times and different things that we see in our country today and perhaps uh, that I'm going to face and perhaps you face here in Chesapeake, Virginia. In Samaria of old, I'm sure you probably know this, it was originally comprised of the ten northern tribes, and it's that land in Israel kind of stuck in the middle between the lower portion of, of, of Jerusalem and the northern portion of Galilee. King Ahab and Jezebel were some of the names that were important in this area. Names of note, shall we say. King Ahab reigned over this area. What do we know about King Ahab? Nothing good, right? Nothing good. He didn't bring anything anything great to the, that land, and he didn't really promote the worship of God at all. In fact, what did he promote? He promoted Baal, Baal worship. Jezebel was, was key in that. They brought other false gods in as well. They mixed false worship with the worship of Jehovah in this area. Jeremiah in Jeremiah 23.13 says this, I have seen the folly of the prophets of Samaria. They prophesied in Baal and caused the people, my people Israel, to error. So this area of Samaria was worshiping false gods and it caused the people of Israel to error. This land was later conquered by Assyria. And Assyria, if you know your history, would often bring in foreign um, people from other lands. And they would bring them in. And, and this happened in Samaria as well. And so foreigners came in and began marrying the, the Jews that were left. The Jews of the rest of Israel, of course, saw this uh, as a... They were departing from the traditional Jewish religion. There was definitely animosity between the Jews 
and the Samaritans. You probably know this, but Jews traveling from Israel, from Jerusalem, they would cross over the Jordan River. They wouldn't go the easy way through Samaria to get to Galilee. They would cross over the Jordan River, go north, and then cross back over again to get into Galilee, doing everything they could to avoid Samaria. Perhaps the uh, uh, Samaritans, the Samaritans were not excused from this either. Uh, they, would, they wouldn't go to Jerusalem to worship. They would worship in Mount Gerizim. They had their own place that they said, this is where we're going to worship our gods. We're going to worship here. We're not, we don't dare go down to Jerusalem and worship. The story that comes to mind when I think that, that kind of brings this all to a head is, of course, the woman at the well and Jesus when he says in John chapter 4 and verse 9, it says, uh, well, just the, the conversation between Jesus and that woman, it says, Then saith the woman of Samaria uh, unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, asketh me, asketh drink of me, which is a, a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. And when the disciples returned later and they saw Jesus there talking with this... Uh, Samaritan woman, they, uh, in verse 27 of John 4, it says, And upon this came the disciples, and they marveled that he talked with the woman. Yet no man said, What seekest thou, or why talkest thou with her? They were stunned when Jesus was talking to this Samaritan woman. I already mentioned, when I see Washington State, when I, when I think about it, there's a lot of similarities to the area of Samaria. When, when people come up to me, when they find out what I'm doing, what God has called me to do, uh, perhaps the, the, the biggest question, uh, when I tell them I'm going to Washington, especially in this post-COVID world, I often get a very negative reaction from Christians. It's surprising to me. I say, I'm going to Washington State. Washington State. God has called me there to be a witness for him, and oftentimes Christians give me this funny look, and they almost feel sorry, they, they almost give the reaction that they feel sorry for me, that God has called me to that area of our country. And, and it, was, it was surprising to me at, me at first, but it almost seems that we would rather go to, quote, the uttermost part of the earth than to our Samaria. I think oftentimes we put up artificial walls when we are in a position to witness to someone. They're from Samaria. We'll put it in that, we'll put it that way. You know, Jesus wanted all of us, Jesus wanted all to trust him as their Messiah, as their Savior. From the richest publican to the lowest outcast leper, from the woman at the well, the adulteress, from Samaria that she was to Pilate, as we heard last night in the Judgment Hall. Wherever he was at, whatever social strata he was in at the time, he was a witness for Christ, for, uh, of, of what he was doing. The title of my message tonight is, What is Your View of Samaria? What is your view of Samaria? When I think of Washington, things come to, things come to mind. Often it's 
Uh, perhaps it's political that comes into your mind. Perhaps it's uh, whatever, it, whatever it might be. Many people have a negative opinion of certain parts of our country. And be that as it may, it should not lessen our desire to see those people there to be saved. It should not lessen our desire or willingness to go. What is your view of Samaria? Turn over to John chapter 4. We're not going to dive very deeply into this um, this story, this account of the woman at the well. But there's several things I'd like us to, to think about here. John chapter 4 and verse 3, it says this, And he, this is Jesus, left Judea and departed again into, into Galilee, and he must needs go through Samaria. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ realized that he needed to go through this area of Samaria. He could have avoided it. He could have been like everybody else and crossed over the, over the Jordan River and gone up to Galilee. And as I understand it, he did on different occasions. But this time, he must needs go through Samaria. Has there ever been a time in your life, have hopefully many times, where God says, you must needs go do this and be a witness for me. There's that person that's been on your heart, on your mind. You must needs go see them. You must needs be a witness for me. Jesus Christ explained that to his disciples here and, and said he must needs go through Samaria. Point number one, we need to see our Samaria. Look down at verse 7. John 4, 7. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. Jesus is in Samaria. He runs into this woman, obviously not by chance. He has an interaction with her and says, Give me to drink. There's a passage over in Matthew chapter 9. In fact, let's just turn over there for a moment. Uh, as you're turning there, think about this. Jesus took time to minister to this woman. Now, I've already mentioned, he must needs go into Samaria, but he didn't just go there. He went there intentionally, and he met with this woman. If you look at Matthew chapter 9 and verse 36... The context of this passage, this whole chapter, talks about many different accounts of Jesus doing many different uh, ministering in so many different ways and so many different uh, uh, accounts that we are familiar with. The healing of Jairus' daughter, a man of the palsy, woman uh, that was healed when, when she touched the hem of, of Christ's garment. If you look at verse 35, it says, And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when you get to verse 36, and what I want you to see here is this, but when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion on them. Whether it's the multitude or the individual, Jesus in numerous different times, in numerous different places, took time 
for that individual, and he was moved with compassion on them. When he was dealing with this woman at the well, it was for the purpose of sharing the gospel with her. We need to see our Samaria. We need to see our Samaria. We need to see the multitudes, the individuals that are around us that are dying every day. And they need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, we know all these passages like Mark 16, 15. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Acts 1, 8. How we should go to Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria and under the uttermost part of the verse. We, or the uttermost part of the world. We know these verses up here. But it often doesn't affect our heart like it should. From little on up, I knew the verse, Romans 10, 13. I have no doubt that my parents shared that with me when I trusted the Lord as my personal Savior. You probably know it well. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, we often apply that to ourselves, but do you apply it to others that you come in contact with every day? When you see or interact with a person, what goes through your mind? Do their political views go through your mind? Do their, perhaps, hair color or the way they look? Or maybe their economic status? Does that affect your willingness to share the gospel with them? Do you see your Samaria tonight? Do you see the Samaria as the Jews saw it? back in Bible times, as a place they didn't want to go, as a place they weren't even willing to go? Or do you see the Samaria as Jesus Christ saw it, as a mission field, and as a place that had people who needed to hear the gospel, starting with the woman at the well? Do you see your Samaria tonight? Not only do you need to see it, but you need to be a witness. And I've already touched on that. Jesus did. Number two, we need to witness to our Samaria. John 4.10, back in John chapter 4, just highlighting here, Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knowest the gift of God, and who it is that seeth thee, give, uh, saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldst have asked of him and he would have given thee living water. Go over to verse 13. Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh if this water shall thirst again, continuing on with sharing the gospel with her. Go to verse 25. The woman saith unto him, I know that Messiah cometh, which is called the Christ. When he is come, he will tell us all things. Amen. In verse 26, Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. Clearly sharing the gospel with this woman. Jesus definitely took the time here to share to someone who in all the world, all the world would say is not worth the time. She was married five times. And the person she was with at the time was not her husband. Oftentimes we could write that off and say, she's ruined her life. Jesus Christ didn't think so. Look at verse 34. Jesus was speaking to his disciples here. He says this, John 4, 
34, Jesus saith unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. The disciples came back and were looking at this whole situation and wondering what was going on and why Jesus was ministering to this woman. He had sent them into town for food. They come back and he says his most important thing that he should be doing is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. When's the last time that you skipped a meal to share the gospel with someone? To my shame, it has been a little while. Perhaps we need to do that more often. At least I probably do. We need to witness to Mary in number two. Number three, the time to witness is now. The time to witness is now. We heard last night, I believe in Brother Brown's, I believe it was last night, Brother Brown's testimony, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 16. We can certainly see that the days are evil. We must redeem the time. But in our passage here, this common missions verse that we know well, in context, makes so much sense to me. Look at verse John 4.35. Just after Jesus finishes His discourse about how He must do His Father's bidding, He speaks, continues speaking to His disciples in verse 35 and says this, Say not ye there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white, all ready to harvest. He is in Samaria when he says this. He is in a place where at best the people, the people are, are practicing a religion of, of Judaism that has departed from its roots. Very likely if they were practicing religion at all, it was going to be a false god. He is there and he is looking out and his perfect wisdom and saying the fields are white unto harvest. I wish sometimes that we could have God's vision of people. But we're finite human beings, but yet we have God's word that says the fields are white. And the time to witness is now. The disciples were blind to this need in Samaria. They didn't see it yet. They didn't see it yet. But number four, we also get to see the results. We get to see results in Samaria very often. Jesus did. Look down at verse 39 in our, in our chapter after this woman trusted the Lord as her Savior, we know she went into the town and told the men of the city. And what did they do? They came out to see. They came out to see Jesus. Verse 39, it says this, And many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the saying of the woman which testified, He told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans came, uh, were come to him, they besought that he would tarry with them, and he abode with them two days. Jesus Christ spent two days with these people, teaching them. They came, the, the men of the city came to him and said, we want to know more. 
The fields were white, weren't they? Unto harvest. He spent two days with them. Look at the next verse there in 40, 41. So many more believed because of his own word. Verse 39, many of the Samaritans believed. And then verse 41, many more believed. I don't know how many that is, but it's a lot. The fields were white unto harvest, weren't they? In this Samaritan place where by everyone else's account was an area of people who didn't want anything to do with God and were not interested in the message they got to see the results just because they were willing to must, they must needs go to Samaria. This is not the only revival that happened in Samaria. If you turn over to Acts chapter 8, Acts chapter 8, by this time in church history, persecution was becoming uh, was growing in the early church. And in fact, if you look at Acts chapter 8 and verse 1, it says, And Saul was consenting unto his death. This is the death of Stephen. And at that time there was a great persecution against the church which was at Jerusalem. And they scattered all abroad through the regions of Judea and Samaria. These Christians scattered not just to Judea but to Samaria Continue down, skip down to verse 5. It says, And Philip went down to the city of Samaria. This is a city in the region of Samaria, of course. And preached Christ unto them. Amen. Not too long after, our Lord ascended to heaven. And these events that we saw in the, at the woman at the well, Philip went again to Samaria, and he preached Christ unto them. Of course, he was not the only person uh, there, according to the previous verses we looked at. But look, uh, read verse, uh, follow along with me as I read verse 6. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. Another revival, another group of Samaritans that are saved Look down at verse 14 in, in uh, chapter 8 there. It says, Now when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John. So the news got back to Jerusalem, and, and Peter and John are sent out to see what is going on in Samaria. What is going on in this place that many Jews did not want to go? Verse 25 of the same chapter and they, and they, when they had, excuse me, when they had testified and preached the word of the Lord, returned unto Jerusalem and preached the gospel in many villages of, of the Samaritans. This is also Peter and John on their return trip. They were there preaching again in Samaria. You know, I find it amazing that the people of Samaria had such a change in such a short amount of time. Several years, perhaps from the time that Jesus was there at the woman at the well to this time in, in church, early church history, what was different? What changed? Jesus said he must needs go because the fields were white unto harvest. 
when he saw the people there, he didn't see, it as the, see the people as the rest of the Jews did. He didn't, see, he didn't see them as people that should be shunned or for whatever reason. He knew they were souls that needed a Savior. And he was that Savior. Amen. So what is your view of Samaria? Is there someone that you have given up on? God hasn't given up on them. What's your view of Samaria as far as a place, maybe? Romans 10, 13, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I can find lots of reasons why, why I... in my own wisdom, in my own might, would not want to go to Washington State. But I know God has called me there. I don't know everything that he's going to do. But I know he wants me to be a mouthpiece for him in the greater Seattle area. And as you're here in Chesapeake, Virginia, you ought to be a mouthpiece for him here. What are you doing to be a witness for him now? God cares about Samaria, whether it's a physical location or people. He cares about them. Do you? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to look into your word once again. Lord, every time I'm challenged. And I ask that you would just continue to work here this week. We love you and thank you for what you're doing. In your name I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you have questions about your relationship with God or you would like to know more about the ministry of Good News Baptist Church, please visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org or call us at 757-488-3241. We encourage you to share this message with others. We trust your heart was challenged as you listened and God's word has had an impact on your life as together we strive to show forth the path of life. Press on.